Hello, and welcome to another episode of Backyard Catch. This is Nick Roby, and once again, we are joined by Chuck Kate to talk some spread picks. Chuck, how's it going? Good. How you doing, Nick? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We're, we're in fall. It's October officially. We got SEC was back. We got more of a full slate. This is getting fun. S, uh, Big Ten's back. Pac-10 wants to play, or Pac-12 wants to play. Everybody's coming back. So I'm ready for another full weekend of football. So I had fun watching all the games last week. Um, didn't do real well pick-wise. I think I, I was in the uh, loss column for the first uh, week in a few years. Uh, we had uh, – I think we end, ended up going uh, four and six. So we, we had a losing weekend there. Yeah. To be fair, there are a couple of big upsets over the weekend, which we were kind of expecting some little chaos, but right out of the gate, the SEC had some had some fun stuff on the on the slate. I mean, who whoever would have thought Mississippi State first game that Mike Leach is coaching, changing the offense, no spring practice. No. And they basically set a record with over 600 yards passing on LSU. I, yeah, I, I was, I was really impressed with that. I honestly, I mean, cause you, you're expecting LSU to have a drop off just because they lost so many people from either going to the NFL or opting out or graduating. But for Mississippi state, who was predominantly a very run heavy team last year, Bringing a transfer quarterback, which Costello can play, but from yeah. he went to Stanford, which but they're more of a pro style. It's not like they pick up the ball and throw it every down. Bring in Mike Leach, bring in the air raid offense. Oh yeah, by the way, let's just break the SEC record for passing yards in a game on the road. Yeah, at, at LSU Stadium in Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. I don't even. It's crazy now. You do wonder. I, I would have been so interested to see what that game would have been like with fans. I just been. I mean, because that you do start to wonder what, what what that would have looked like with fans. But I still think Mississippi State is really good. But yeah, that one obviously that's the, the shock of the weekend. And then Oklahoma goes down. Texas. That was you know they did it last year with Kansas State. Yeah. They, they had to try to kick a onside kick and they didn't recover it or the guy touched it too soon. <clears throat> so that doesn't shock me as much as the LSU did, but I, I I've almost started thinking that I take out home field advantage. Totally. There's no home field advantage this year. It's like everybody's playing on a neutral field. Yeah. It's, it's pretty close. If not like spread wise, you're thinking maybe like a point or something just cause you don't have to travel and you're more familiar. But other than that, I mean, it's really – I feel like underdogs are really able to, to come to the table because you have that game, which also came to state, and then you had Texas and Texas Tech. I mean, they said wire to the wire until overtime. Now, Texas Tech is, is – they like they're a good school, and they usually have a good – a solid program. I mean, that was, that's where Pat Mahomes went. But still, I mean, I don't know what – what about it is with the Big 12 this year, but I guess you just got to stay away from all the all the higher teams because they are on upset alert like every week. 
they should have they might should have opted out when Big Ten opted in. <laughs> you know, honestly, that's not the first or last time that joke's been made this year. Yeah. yeah. Those poor guys. Uh, they're, they're, they're starting to remind me of the coastal division of the ACC in years past. I know. I that is the one bummer about not having divisions this year is you can't see if you're gonna restart the the rotation of a new division winner every year. I kind of like it like this. I, I kind of do too, because I mean, to, to, I mean, we're switching very quickly, but if you think about it, I mean, obviously this is with Notre Dame too. So, but we're about to have as Clemson, we're about to have a top 10 matchup in death Valley against Miami. who We wouldn't have played this year. And maybe if it was in the AC championship, but now you get to have them. And it's a conference game. And in a, in a funny way, I kind of like – I mean, I've always liked the divisions, but now when you think about it, you're like, well, you get to play actually more people in your conference and not – I mean, until we have played Virginia – I want to say the last time I heard a stat, because Clemson's playing Virginia this week, the last time they played was 2009. It's the last time Clemson played Virginia. Um, Probably true, yeah. Yeah, and I think I'm remembering right. It was C.J. Spiller's senior day. But if you think about that, like Virginia's an in-conference game, right? and that's like almost 11 years ago, 10 years. Yeah. And it's just crazy in these rotations where we've played some SEC teams more often than like a South Carolina has played like an Alabama person. Yeah. You know, it's just weird. So, I don't know. I well, we, we, we might end up playing Miami twice. We don't know. Yeah, and then you get then you get that kind of fun aspect of it. Yeah. Um, my bet would kind of be – I'm kind of leaning – I'm still leaning kind of North Carolina if we're, if we're talking about that. Oh, yeah, no question. I'm thinking Clemson, North Carolina. Oh, no, I, I, don't, I don't know about that. I thought you were talking about this weekend. I, I don't really know because – yeah. I haven't seen really what North Carolina has. I think yeah. their first game with Syracuse, Syracuse ran a new defense on them, mm-hmm. and they, they didn't quite know how to handle it until about halftime. And then they, I think they kind of got their feet back under them at halftime and showed us the North Carolina that we expected to see. But um, I think I think this kid at Miami, this, this King kid, has made a tremendous difference. Oh, yes. Miami was always just a decent quarterback away from having a good team. Not an elite team, but a good team. And now, I, I agree. I think, I guess I'm just, I'm still in the, I'm still waiting to see a little bit more. I want to see some more repetition of consistency with Miami, but I don't know. It just makes the ACC fun. When Miami's good, you've got Notre Dame in a little bit of a mix, North Carolina. I mean, it makes it a, a fun, I think a fun little mix mixture to it. You know, not just the same, same old thing. Yeah, and, and I think the biggest question at this point in the ACC is how good is Louisville really? Because yeah. I thought when Miami and Louisville played that those were two really good teams and Miami was head and shoulders above. But then they go up to Pittsburgh and – Pitt just basically dominated them. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, they had playmakers all over the field, so they can they can 
have a big play here and there, but you can consistently run the ball on Louisville, which you couldn't in the past years. And I think they're really missing that left tackle on offense. Yeah. Uh, back then, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Because Cunningham has no time whatsoever in the pocket. Yeah. I think, I think what you're seeing too, it, it, it's an, it's a, yeah, it, it's how much time these, these teams have. Because even though Miami had, I think, at least one defensive end opt out, they're still strong on the front. And when they, then when they beat Louisville, it was a lot of – there were some broken assignments for sure. Like they just more kind of gashed them. And I know with Pittsburgh, they're very methodical, but they're very strong in the, like the line of the game. So, yeah. I don't know. I, would, I, would, I still think Louisville was probably a top – a top six team in the ACC. They're probably like five or six. Yeah. But they're probably missing some pieces that we were, we were kind of expecting them to fill a little bit sooner. But I don't know. It just, ma- it just makes it interesting. True. It does. All, all, all going to pale out. So let's see. You want to talk some games this week? Sure. <clears throat> well. We can go down the list and, and, Give our thoughts, or we can just take them up as they come on. Yeah, let's. Um, yeah, let's go one at a time. What's uh, What's the first one you got on your list? Oh, my list. Yeah, the first one I have is Alabama. Ooh. Okay, Alabama, Texas A&M. Yeah, I actually like the first half line better than I do the game line. Oh. But both both of them are okay. The first half line is Alabama minus 10 and a half. Ooh, yeah. Because Alabama's a lot like Clemson. They'll get up 21 points, and then they start putting in backups to give them some playing time, create depth. So that I like that best of all, but I'm not bad with Alabama on the whole game line because um, I, I just think they, they just have superior talent. Yeah. Yeah, this one, I agree. And also, too, what makes you nervous about anything in A&M is that they only beat Vanderbilt like 17 to 12 last week. And I don't know, I'm, I think it was like 17 to 12. Sometimes. Yeah, and look, Vanderbilt started a freshman quarterback yeah. that's never played in college, and they had four guys out of their starting defense. So I just – I don't know. You know, everybody thought Jimbo Fisher was the savior. All you got to do is take a look at how he left Florida State, and that's exactly what he's going to end up doing to Texas a and I, I think he's a good play caller. I, I do kind of question his recruiting a little bit. Um, and, yeah. Mon, and Mon's always been this, like, the quarterback for A&M, a lot of promise, but except against Clemson – in the first game, he, he just kind of has to fully all put it together. And honestly, in a game like this, Alabama always just seems to have Anna's number. They just they they just seem to expect it. So I can see this game going like 40 to 17. Kind yeah, of. I, I, I think that A&M and, and Mond, they, they have what I call consistent potential. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I agree. I like, I like Alabama in the game. I think that, um, you know, Alabama was up big last week at halftime. Then they started pulling their starters. They pulled a Dabo, and they didn't really score much after that. And that's understandable. So I think the score 
of last week's game with Alabama was a little misleading. Um, so I, I think Texas A&M, they consider them a viable foe, and you're going to get probably some of their best game. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like that too. Um, and, and they have uh, A&M 13, which I think is just a little too high for them. And it's nothing against A&M. I just always feel like A&M is one of those teams that gets ranked kind of high in the beginning of the year. And then they don't need expectations. And then they, they kind of like can come back strong a little bit. But I feel like it'd be better to rank, to have them lower and then be this underdog team. I feel like they always get ranked super high at the beginning of the year. I don't know why. But um, so, yeah, we got that one. Um, what else is next on your list? Um, UNC Boston College. UNC Boston College, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm high on Boston College. I think they're going to be the surprise because everybody expected them to be in last place. Yeah. I don't, I don't see them being in last place. They got a great offensive line. They have a good defense. They have a transfer quarterback that's done well. Mm-hmm. But I think this is a weekend UNC puts it all together and you see the team this week that you watched last year. So I think UNC will cover the 13 and a half against Boston College. Okay. Okay, I see where you're going with that. I thought you were actually going the other way, but I see. I, see. Uh, I know. <laughs> um, I throw you a curveball there. You mean a curveball because you're lifting up BC and then you're like, I'm taking the points. Um, I'm actually going to go, taking this game, I'm actually going to take – I'm going to take uh, – you're taking UNC. I'm going to take BC with the points. UNC is going to win the game, but I think there's a little bit of rust with UNC. I think I'm still interested to see. I know I just said I like them in the title game, but I think UNC does like to play close games. Last year they played a lot of close games. If, B, if BC can hold the ball, I was really impressed with what I watched with BC against Duke, and I know it's Duke, so it, it's got to take it with a grain of salt, but – if BC can hold the ball, I think that's going to be interesting. Can BC's offense stay on the field and keep Howell off? So I think if Howell and the UNC offense can get consistent play, I think they'll they'll start to pull away. But if BC can hold the ball and keep it close late, I could see them maybe only losing by ten or single. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I, like I said, I'm high on BC. I like them. Everybody picked them to be the, the dog of the basement. I, I think they're better than that. They're the surprise team in the ACC. But yeah. I, I'm just not sure uh, that they're ready for North Carolina. I think North Carolina puts it together. Yeah. They had a week off. They kind of put it together on the second half of their first game against Syracuse, kind of figured out their, their offensive strategy or who they are. Yeah. And I think they, they pull this one out with a win. Yeah. That's what, that was going to be fun. Let's see. And then we get to talk about Florida and South Carolina. Ooh, okay. <clears throat> Let's see. Florida, I've got – I think our split spreads are slightly different. I've got Florida as the favorite at 17 and a half at home with Carolina. Let me see what I had. I just – I'm not wearing my glasses. I have to find it again. No, you're fine. Yeah, actually, what I like in that game is not either side because 
I think South Carolina. I mean, I, I was kind of impressed with their quarterback. Um, I thought he I threw some good passes. He had a couple drop balls. Um, I what I I like. I'm I'm leaning towards the over fifty seven and a half in that game. Hmm. Because I, I think that they can uh, South Carolina be able to score some points yeah. in, in the second half, and uh, and I, we know Florida can score. So I think that the fifty-seven and a half is a little uh, more attractive than than the final number on the spread. Yeah, I I think that's fair. Um, also, this is interesting. Um, Tennessee and South Carolina, they scored 58 last week. Yeah. So there you go. I, I like that too. Um, I think that's a very fair bet. The 17 and a half, um, it seems a little interesting. I'm not, I'm not as sure with that, but I think you're right. I think if I was going to bet on this one, that the over 57 and a half is more interesting because I think, I mean, or to be old Miss, like, 50-something to 33 or in the 30s. You know, some kind of very high school game. And Ole Miss, like, Lane Kiffin's a like, great offense, but it wasn't like Ole Miss was this crazy good, like, on-paper uh, team. And I think that's the thing to watch for Florida is how does their defense look. Because South Carolina moved the ball on Tennessee. They just missed a couple opportunities because they could very easily have won that game. So Well, it, and it could end up being a 42-7 to seven game. And then all of a sudden, a couple of touchdowns in the third and fourth quarter for Carolina, they could cover that number. Florida's not going to sweat it much. So I do like the, the 57 and a half mm-hmm. over. Yeah, that's very fair. Um, and I'm trying to find a game on my that I, I saw that I liked earlier. Um, now, my, my son, Hunter, uh, and mentioned he likes Virginia Tech minus ten and a half over Duke. Okay, and so he yeah he's he's laying the points. Yeah, I think is, is, is Hooker playing quarterback for Virginia Tech? Is he is he the starter? You know I I don't know, but I don't think it seems to matter. NC State didn't think so. <laughs> uh, that, that is fair. But, they have two. They have two good quarterbacks, and what I think is a difference maker is the fact that they have uh, an offensive line that under that seems to understand zone blocking schemes. Because what, what I saw them do to NC State, I mean, they just basically took over the game from the first kickoff on. Yeah. So I, I and, and I don't think it's it's uh, I mean their defense played reasonable, but I think it was their offensive line that took over that game with NC State, and I th- think they'll probably end up doing the same this week. Yeah, that's fair. Against yeah. Duke. Duke, Duke's had in the turnovers, <clears throat> Duke's gone increased turnovers every game. First game they had three, second game they had five, third game they had seven. I mean, we have nine turnovers, but Duke has been turning the ball over a lot. Yeah, so, especially when you give – then you give short fields to an offense like Virginia. Yeah, I, I, I think I think that's a very fair play. And it hurts hurts my heart a little bit to, to, 
to pick against Chase Bryce, but they got they got some work they got they got some work they gotta do. I wanted him to do so good, so bad. Yeah. But uh, he he's got another year of eligibility though, at least. So true, but I I just, you know, I, I've thought he's such a good kid. He waited patiently when we needed him. He came in and he gave everything he had to win games. And I just I wish he had a better line, but Honestly, watching both of their games this year, or all of their games, he has zero time to do anything with the ball. Their yeah. offensive line is the worst. It's, I mean, it's no if, he, time. Yeah. if he gets a three-step drop without getting hit, it's a miracle. Yeah, I, I know. I, But, you know, I, I, I think he'll figure it out. It's still very early. I could see Duke – I could see Duke being this, like, team where – you know, there's always at least one team where they go like one in five in the first half of the year, and then they come back and it's like, oh, they went five and seven or something. You know, like I could see them have a little bit of a run, but yeah, he needs he needs time, and they, they gotta get it for him. Um, and then what do I have next? Um. I have Pitt minus 14 against NC State. I just think NC State is just horrible. Yeah. When when they beat Wake Forest, I thought, well, really, they're now a formidable team. But I watched them play last week, and I was surprised they were a college football team. Ooh. And Pat yeah. Narduzzi is always going to coach a team well. How they slowed down Louisville last year, I mean last week, and Louisville's got speed all over the field. And Pittsburgh controlled that game from the kickoff on. Even though it was only a three-point game, it seemed to be just more dominant than that. Yeah, I I, I agree. I mean, I, and, I, and I think this just more reflects to of just – Pittsburgh's underrated. I don't know if people realize how can – I mean, they're just very consistent. I mean, you know that they're going to be a well-coached team. You know that they're going to try not to make too many mistakes on their own. They're going to you know, they're gonna be consistent and run the ball and, and, and take what the defense gives them right in front of them. It's not always the most attractive of, like, big play chunk plays. But Pittsburgh can play. And I can see that being a game where – NC State keeps it kind of close, but then Pittsburgh just wears them down. Just over the there, there, Narduzzi has a well-coached team. Yeah. They, you very rarely see penalties thrown on them. You very, they very rarely shoot themselves in the foot uh, with interference calls or face masks or holding. I mean, they're just a well-coached team. And up until the third quarter, things may go back and forth, but I think I agree with you. They're just consistently going to wear them out, and then it's going to be over. And it's only a 14-point spread, so I kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, the other one is Old Miss at Kentucky. Old Miss at Kentucky. Okay. I'm trying to find And it's it. Kentucky minus six. Ooh. Okay. Oh, now it's gone to seven. Excuse me. Okay. Which is a bad number. You always want to buy it down to six and a half. You don't like the actual when it's actually like a seven point. 
No, seven, seven, three, ten, fourteen. Those are magic numbers. Buy it down a half a point. Okay. If you do a parlay, it only costs you a few dollars on the win. Um, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But but Kentucky, if it wasn't for a couple of bad breaks and and their own fault, they were in this game with Florida. And yeah, I mean Auburn. There oh, we go. Yeah. See, I screwed it up. The same game last week as I did this week. They it's were in all it. Good. Yeah. They they were in it with Auburn. Yeah. They were toe to toe, but they shot themselves in the foot a couple times. Hey, look, I think they'll get those under control, and I think Mississippi is a great offense, and as they showed, they can score. Mm-hmm. But I don't think their defensive line can hold Kentucky's offensive line. All, Kentucky's got one of the best offensive lines in the country. Yeah. And if if they can quit shooting themselves in the foot like they did last week, and, and that's really how Auburn kind of pulled away a little bit at the end there. Mm-hmm. But if – and I think this is a week Kentucky puts it together, and I think they take Ole Miss and they – they score neck to neck with them, and um, they end up beating them and and cover the spread. I like Kentucky. I like I liked them last year. I like the way they're coached. Um, they finally have a quarterback instead of a um, a Marcus. wide receiver. <laughs> that, that helps. That really does. I just yeah, I like them. Yeah, I I, I think that's really. I, I like that pick too, um, just because you're right. I mean, if you think about, I mean, that switch from like they basically you could argue score the touchdown on video review, it gets called back, and then they throw an interception, which te- should have been a pick six, but the guy, I mean, he he blocked in the back. I mean, they call targeting. But that but was that, a fourteen point spread. It, that was a touchdown. I watched it. Yeah, I. Watched I it. Play. That like, was a touchdown. They call it back. Then he throws the interception. Yeah, I, I mean, mean that game could have gone totally different. And, and, and now, yeah, even though they didn't score, it felt like they threw a pick six. Like, like I think that momentum really killed them. And so, and I, I, I can see Kentucky being in this game between these two. Kentucky's having their. Um, head on their shoulders a little bit stronger. Like I, I have a little more faith in Kentucky being more consistent, whereas Old Miss kind of has that gunslinger kind of feel to them where they're going to go for the big game, but then they can throw some couple picks easily. Well, let, let, Lane Kiffin called a pretty good uh, game as far he as play calling last week. They and, and they really played well. But where, where they're lacking is their defense. Defense, yeah. And their defensive line. And, you know, Old Miss has always had a – Pretty formidable defensive line. They've had great players like uh, what was his name, Kamichi, uh, guys like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, but they just don't have any now. And and it and it showed last week. And I think that that Kentucky will exploit that, and they will get the win and cover the spread. Yeah, I like it. Uh, and the last one I have, you're going to love. <laughs> if I. If I, I have a guess of where you're going with this one. I actually have a guess where you're going with this one. Can I take a guess? Yeah. Are you taking Jacksonville State with the points? Yes. Okay. I knew you were doing it. I knew you were doing it. I saw it. I was like, oh, man, old Clemson quarterback, Florida State. 
How did you know? I, I'm looking at the schedule. I was like, Chuck's going to want Chuck loves this game. Hey, text me the winning lotto numbers for Saturday, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I do. I love Jacksonville State plus 26 against Florida State. Yeah. The quarterback is incredible. He's had 3,000-yard seasons. He's on pace to do it again. I I think that even if Florida State gets 28 points ahead, Jackson State's not going to give up, and they're going to be a backdoor cover, worst-case scenario. Best-case scenario, they go down there and beat Florida State because Florida State is trash. Yeah, that's that might be your quote every week. We <laughs> get that in there at least one time. Um, yeah, I, I I still think Florida State would win the game, but don't underestimate Jacksonville State. Their quarterback was the backup to Kelly Bryant, and he played. I mean, he did play in the, in the loss for Syracuse when we went up to on that Friday night, but he can play and. I just don't know if I see enough consistency from a Florida State to, to know that I feel comfortable with them covering a 26-27 point spread. I mean, that's even a two-score game, I mean, and you're and you're good. They couldn't do it on Georgia Tech. Yeah. They certainly didn't hardly show up for Miami, and that's a rival. Yeah, um, I mean, especially getting whipped by – yeah, I just – you, yeah, you almost start to wonder if it's a little bit of a letdown after just a big rivalry game. I watched this quarterback in person throw the ball – and I thought to myself, this was when he was a freshman. I said, who is that guy? 75 yards in the air. He's got an arm. Yeah. And they're letting him use it. And Florida State cornerbacks are small. They're getting beat on the outside all day long. So... I like Jacksonville State. I can't believe you knew what I, where I was going with that one. <laughs> I, I, I just went with my gut on that one. I saw it. I was like, Chuck's going to love this game. Um, yeah, I, I would I would take the points by, on that for sure. Um, especially when it's – that's just very high. Um, what are you feeling just since it's, it's a big game of the weekend, Auburn-Georgia? Georgia's about a touchdown favorite depending on who you look at. But Georgia's at home. But it's a top eight matchup, top seven matchup. I've been back and forth with this, and, and, and the reason I have been because I don't know who George is going to try to start at quarterback. Very fair. The, the second half, and I, and I don't have names. I've forgotten the names. But the little guy came in. Yep. And he looks like a baller. I don't think Daniels is – Quite ready. To, he hadn't played football in, in what almost two years. Uh, he got hurt. Yeah, he got hurt first game last year. Okay. So, so, so it's been it's been a whole calendar year at least over a year. He hasn't played football. Yeah, I don't know if he's starting. I don't think he he's he's ready yet. Or if he is, you know, that could just be a surprise on me. And the starter that they put in last week was absolutely dismal. It was ridiculous. They didn't have any spark going on until, and I can't remember his name, but he's like five ten. Yeah. He came in. He was a former walk-on. Uh, he came in and gave him some spark. I think they ought to start him this week. I think he's. I mean, he's got an arm. He's like Kyler Murray. Yeah, I think you got to go with that momentum and, and just kind of ride the second half of what they did 
Um, I'm forgetting, forgetting Arkansas. They're playing Arkansas. Um, which is, I think that's the scarier part for me when I look at this game, is Georgia being a favorite by a touchdown, but they were battling with Arkansas, and no disrespect to Arkansas, but, I mean, they're more towards the bottom of the SEC. And that's a little, that's a little scary from a Georgia perspective early in the year to be struggling as much as they did. And, I, and they pulled away late, which I'm, for, for Georgia's perspective, is really good for them because they have a lot of high uh, expectations this year. So, to me, I just I just naturally trust Auburn more in this game than Georgia. Now, I don't know if they're – it's going to be one of those – I think it's going to be super close, like a, like a field goal kind of a game goes either way. Well, you, you, yeah. you have Chad Morris for Auburn, and we know what his offenses can do. Yeah, he he spreads them out, and he's a power run game. And um, Georgia, arguably, probably the best defense in the country. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think that's going to be the matchup more than Georgia's offense and Auburn's defense. I think the biggest matchup is Auburn's offense against Georgia's defense. Yeah, and I'm not sure that there's a weakness in that defense. It, re- it reminds me of Clemson two years ago. Yeah. There just wasn't a weakness in our defense anywhere on the field. Yeah. And I think Georgia's got those elite athletes. So I'm going to go opposite this time. I'm going to take Georgia, and I'm going to give up the seven points. Yeah, the seven points. Okay. Well, I'm going to take that, in, Isn't that the spread? Uh, yeah. Six and a half, seven, depending on who you yeah. look at. Yeah, depending on which. I think I'm. I think I'm going to take Georgia in their defense. Okay. To make a stand, and if I had to choose on the over under, go under. Yeah, I'm going under this one. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going Auburn. I'm going Auburn outright. We're just going to we're we're going to call it like we see. It. I'm going Auburn outright, and this uh, is and, and here's why. One, I want to be different, and two. I just like Auburn better. I'm still waiting for Georgia to, to, to put it together. And I could be dead wrong, and we talk next week, and I'm going to have to explain myself, but I'm going Auburn. <laughs> um, because Georgia's defense is great. However, I don't trust Georgia's offense. And so I'm going to go with Auburn because I think what's going to happen is Chad Morris is going to have some ranks for Georgia. Georgia's going to counter. But then if Georgia's offense can't be consistent, then the defense is just going to be on the field too long, and eventually Auburn is just going to wear them down with spreading them out and making them covering a lot of space and then yeah. in the middle. But, I, I mean, I, I see this game as, like, 27-24 field goal wins the game. I mean, it's just one of those very, very close games. I see it 17-14. 17-14. Okay. Or what – no, I can't do that and take the spread, so I'm talking 24-14. 24-14, okay. Now, the give-me-a-break bet of the week, you have two service academies going head-to-head with Air Force and Navy. Ooh. Always pick the under. It doesn't matter what it is. Just always, always pick the under. Let's see what it is. 46 and a half. You know, it, with service academies, they run the option. 
Yeah. Because they have smaller players. They eat the clock more. Um, and with my son used to tell us this, Dad, every time Service Academy plays, pick the under. It wins 88% of the time. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so when, when they just play each other. Yeah. Okay. And then the last one we'll talk about is the Clemson, Virginia. Yeah. Yeah, we got we got to talk about that one. Too many points. It's I actually think Virginia's offense is better this year than it was last year. Because they were so heavily dependent on Bryce Perkins. Now this quarterback's got a freshman receiver at 66. Yeah. He's got a tight end that's 68. Mm-hmm. I mean, Last week showed you that freshman wide receiver just just throw it in his vicinity. It's like a couple of years ago when we had the six five receivers and we were just throwing up fifty fifty balls and getting them. Yeah. So I think Virginia can score, and I think they have a formidable defense. So I think that's probably a point or two too much for a spread. But I will never go against Clemson. So I'm gonna back away from the game. <laughs> yeah, that one's it, it goes it goes against your rule that you mentioned last week with conference games. If they're above twenty was it twenty-four points? Yeah. Above twenty-four points, just stay away. Because yeah. it's just too many points. I agree. The reason why Clemson I think Clemson's gonna win the game and I think it will get convincing late is again you, you just get into the question of how long do the starters play and Virginia has a little bit of an offense, and I think they could score against our, our backups. I know that sounds really bad as non Clemson fans, but if you just think about it from a spread perspective, that makes it scarier. Is yeah. The 28 and a half just seems too high because they can easily, you know, backdoor cover those, and it ends up, you know, only being a 20 point kind of a game, which I mean, I'll, I'll take whatever I can get, but just from... And you know, you know, if we're scoring that high, Dabo's going to play 100 guys. Yeah. So, For sure. For sure. I just, I'm not comfortable with that number. Um, I think it's going to be a decent game. I think I think it's going to be a game that uh, that you would want to watch. Yeah. I think Ginger's going to do some scoring. I think Clemson's going to do some scoring, but I think it's going to be closer than people think. Because... If you look back, the biggest thing that Virginia has going for him is Bronco Mendenhall. Yeah. They are well coached, and he's building a culture there. And even though Bryce Perkins is gone, I think they're better offensively this year than they were last year. It's very fair. Another another little tidbit is Clemson is 0-2 against the spread this year, too. This what? Clemson's 0-2 against the spread so far. In our in our very early season, so they haven't oh, yeah. covered the spreads yet. Yeah. Dabo could ke- look. Dabo could care less about a spread. Right, he doesn't care. So from this perspective, he doesn't care. But from I mean, he was up forty nine to nothing at halftime, and we didn't score another point. Yeah, he he is that's, like that's not a guy that cares how many, how many about people scoring. Play. Yeah, that's not a guy that he he worries more about. Let me get these guys some playing time. So if we have to call on them in the COVID crisis or an injury. They will at least have played in a game, seen different offenses, yep. and his philosophy has been working. So who am I to argue with it? Exactly. So that being said, 
If you're a betting person, probably stay away from this thing. That's right. <laughs> there we go. So, yeah, we got some good ones. We're both taking uh, Alabama with the points. We're going opposite. You've got UNC and I've got BC. Uh-huh. Uh, you like Florida over the 57 and a half uh, right. with South Carolina. Uh, we both like Virginia Tech over Duke, and that's more of the strong offensive line with Virginia Tech, and Duke just turns the ball over too much. Pitt's consistent, so they're minus 17. We both like Kentucky, minus 7. A sneaky good one is Jacksonville State with FSU, yeah. if, if you're looking for a sneaky one. Uh, Georgia-Auburn, we're going opposite in that one. That's probably, honestly, that looks like it could be the game of the weekend. Yeah, just 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 two top ten teams going at it early in the SEC. So you know it's gonna be really interesting. It's exciting. It's a good Saturday for sit back with your wings at home and watch football. Yeah, it is, it is a great day for that. Under with under with Air Force and Navy if, if you want to watch some good option football. Yeah. And then we're excited for Clemson Virginia. It's gonna be a good game, but yeah, not the spread's a little too high. So it ought to be, it ought to be a good tune up. Get us ready for some Miami speed. Yeah, that's that one's gonna be fun next week. Yeah, when we get to that Miami Clemson. Yep, that one's be arguably the game of the weekend. Can't and wait. Yeah, it's gonna be really fun. So, all right, Chuck. Well, thanks so much for being on again. This is really fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. This has been great. Um, yeah. So, thanks for tuning in, guys. We there's our picks for the week and just some games we're interested in. You got another great slate of games coming up. So. Like Chuck said, sit back, relax, enjoy the fall weather, get some good food, and enjoy some football. So thanks for listening. And for now, we are signing off.